This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Welcome to our Late Boomers podcast. Today, our guest is Freddie Ravel, Grammy-nominated performer, communication expert, and business visionary. With an unparalleled career that has consistently transcended the boundaries of music, culture, and thought leadership, Freddie Ravel toured with Brazilian master Sergio Mendes, directed the legendary band that bridged black and white America, Earth, Wind, and Fire, performed on the silver screen with Madonna, rock stadiums with Carlos Santana, performed on the Grammys with Prince, and so much more. As an author, Freddie's published works with Deepak Chopra on how music and thought cannot exist without silence, illuminated that the pause between the notes is essential for effective communication. Highlighting the power of listening, whether to clients, colleagues, or the signals that nature sends us, would lead to an invitation from the family of Dr. Martin Luther King to be a featured author alongside Maya Angelou, Stevie Wonder, Muhammad Ali, and Robert Kennedy Jr. in the book, Open My Eyes, Open My Soul. Freddie was dubbed the keynote maestro by the city of Los Angeles for his groundbreaking life in tune system to renew the national and international economy. In constant demand to bring audiences in tune around the world, his clients include IBM, Toyota, NASA, Apple, Google, and many others who call his ideal balance of entertainment and content essential for businesses and entrepreneurs to transform from dissonance to harmony. Freddie, hi, please say hello to our listeners and start us out with a little bit of your special music. Wow. Well, hello, Kathy, and hello, Mary. And I'm just going to, I just feel like we've got to do some pandemic pivot for everybody. Are we ready? Here we go. Bravo. Yeah, yeah. I'd applaud if it would go over on the podcast, but it wouldn't. <laughs> tell us about tell us about your life in tune message, which has become your brand now. Wow. Special. Well, thank you. Uh, listen, I'm very honored to be here with you, Kathy and Mary, and be with my be with the late boomer people. This is just a joy and be part of all the good work that E Network is doing as well. Um, you know, the message is really very simple. Music is much more than entertainment. Music is a multitasking power tool to better the quality of our day-to-day -day connections. I'm really here 
to raise human potential through music. Through the structure of melody, harmony, and rhythm, we can find new ways to be better at our jobs, better in our relationships, and better in how we move through a world that is really turned upside down, how we, how we can navigate this, this abnormal normal and uh, get into the new next. And that's what wow. Life in Tune is very focused on. Wow. Well, on another note, we always like to ask our guests how they started on the career path to where they are now. Mm. Well, you know, um, Mary, the, 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 the way I got into music uh, really started off um, on the accordion. <laughs> the first <laughs> instrument that I played was the accordion. Um, and back then, they, you could take accordion lessons for $3.50 a half an hour. Uh, so that kind of gives you a clue as to when I got going on, on the accordion. Uh, <laughs> I switched over to the piano a little later, about the age of 11. And once I got to the piano, uh, I, I was home. I felt that the piano was just the ultimate. It has 88 keys of loving on it. And I look at the piano as like a living orchestra right in front of me. I can get to the lowest lows of a tuba to a note higher than any piccolo on the planet. And because of that, you have a beautiful orchestra at your fingertips. And that's how I, I got involved in music. Great. That's, uh, that's a very beautiful description of the piano. I wish I had felt that way at 11 about the piano because I, <laughs> I took my lessons, but I, I didn't get that hooked, right? Right, right. And, you know, you have worked with so many legendary entertainers and authors. Uh, what did you learn from them? I think something that, that uh, is maybe one of the most important things I can share with your audience is no assumptions. No assumptions. Don't walk in every, you know, when I, when I worked with Madonna, uh, I walked in with an assumption and I had studied all her music and uh, we were working on Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Uh, she called me to do the movie Avita, which was put out around, this was, this was around, I'm gonna say around 1997, when she was playing the role of Eva Peron. And I had listened to all of Madonna's records, uh, knowing that I was gonna be in the studio with her. And I came in with this idea that it was gonna be something like, uh, like a... This groove of boom, 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 boom. Because her music was 80s beat music. And she had a completely different desire for me. And, it, and, and she explained to me that she wanted me to play Cuban music, like somebody in a bar in Havana in 1937. That's what she wanted. And um, I ended up going in there and playing something completely different after I talked to her. It was like... That kind of Cuban rhythm. It had nothing to do with my preconception of her. Um, if, we had a, if we had more time, I could tell you stories about Prince, Earth, Wind and Fire, Carlos. Oh, tell us a Prince yes, story. Yes, tell us please. about them. Well, the Prince story is really more about how, uh, how inside the groove he is. Um, I, I worked with him on the Grammys and we were doing a Grammy show together and his approach to playing the guitar uh, 
has got to be the funkiest guitar player I've ever heard in my life. His ability to play inside the rhythm rivaled anything I've ever, anything I've ever done. And I played with Tower of Power and I played with Earth, Wind and Fire. I played with people that are known for being funky. Nobody was as funky as Prince. So wow. that's my quick comment on Prince. He's, his ability to be inside the rhythm, kind of like the way we think of James Brown. I uh -huh. feel good. Da, 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 da. You know how you immediately start tapping your foot and moving your head sideways when you hear him? Uh -huh. Same thing with Prince, this infectious, funky, uh, you know, hypnotic way of playing the groove. That, yeah. that was my greatest takeaway from Prince. We'd love to hear more memorable or funny stories about some of the people you've worked with. Um, well, let's see now. Uh, Al Jarreau is another one. If you're familiar with Al Jarreau, Al Jarreau is an interesting, is a fascinating energy. I got to work with him for about eight years. I was his musical director. And uh, while his name is not as famous as Prince and Madonna and Earth, Wind and & Fire and Santana, people know Al, because he's the only human being on the planet that has won a Grammy in R&B, jazz, and pop. Wow. Nobody, nobody else has done that. Um, and Kathy, you know, Ken also got, had worked with, with Al Jarreau on the We Are the World. Oh, Party. I was going to say that Al Jarreau was on We Are the World. Oh, he yes. Was, and he oh, was yes. There. And he's just one of these chameleons, one of the masters. So uh, one of the things I can tell you about Al Jarreau is uh, we would, I'll give you a, an example. We were playing in Sacramento, California, very close to the airport in Sacramento. And we're playing take five, which is right. And the melody goes. So, <laughs> love it. Al Jarreau's moving and we're the whole band is moving and we're playing and out of nowhere we don't realize it but we're so close to an airport that a 747 plane starts taking off and we're so close to the airport that the sound of the plane almost takes over the the sound of the stage and there's about 5,000 people in the audience and for all my friends in Sacramento California you'll know about a jazz festival up there that was going on for many years that was really close to the airport. So here's a story very quick that is an example of what you do when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. For almost any other performer playing on a stage next to an airport with 747s taking off would have you stop. You would be so upset because you couldn't sing. So what Al Jarreau did in the middle of us playing take five he looked up to the sky and pointed at the plane and had all 4,000 people in the audience look up at the sky. And as the band is playing Take Five, he, he puts his mouth on the microphone and he goes. <laughs> in other words, he becomes one with the plane. And the 747 became part of the show. Wow. <laughs> and, and all I can tell you is how do you make lemonade when life gives you lemons you know i don't know next time we're all caught in traffic or you're wearing the mask and you're sweating and you're miserable in the mud find some kind of way to make light of the moment and share something a little bit funny 
and you know, look at the person at the grocery store going, yeah, these masks kind of, they're not the most comfortable thing, are they, right? Just a little moment where you can share a common moment with, your, with a stranger. That's what I learned from Al Jarreau. That's gorgeous. I love that. Yeah. What a human being he is. Oh. Oh, he's amazing. But... Amazing. We lost him a few years ago, but his spirit lives on. And um, I, I got to tell you, he came to my home many, many times. We wrote many songs together. Um, I mean, he's, uh, you know, I, if I keep talking about him, I'll get teary-eyed because the guy, the guy was, he was at my home three days after my daughter was born. Oh. Thinking to her. Uh, oh, beautiful memories of that. Just, yeah. uh, just an amazing man. How, I want to ask you, how has your life and career changed during this pandemic? Well, I, I have to tell you that um, I'm one of these people, you know how we say the glass is half full, you know, do you see it half full or half empty, right? I do my best, Kathy and Mary, to look at my life as overflowing. My glass is overflowing. And I pray every morning. I, I, I do believe in God and I am a, a person who I pray several times a day and I meditate and I do things that get my own, uh, get myself out of the way of myself. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Right. Sure does. Uh, you know, uh, I call ego, E-G-O, edging God out. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and I that. And, I, and, I, and I'm not some overtly religious person. I'm a pretty spiritual person. And I, 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 I grab uh, philosophies from all over the world between meditation and, uh, and, and the, a little bit of East and a little bit of West and what I think and feel. But I, I think going into the pandemic with that attitude, I decided, well, wait a second. How do we do what Al Jarreau did with that 747? Mm -hmm. How do we take this pandemic that feels like a friggin' bulldozer just rolled through everyone's future. And I, I took stock of the effect on my life. I went, wait a second, my kids can't go to school anymore. I've got two beautiful children, a 14-year-old and a, my 18-year-old who just started college. They're both online, right? They're both taking classes virtually. They're not happy about it. <laughs> wish they were in a real classroom. And I have a feeling that all the listeners out there can relate to this. For probably, sure. You got kids, they're probably like, God, dad, it ain't the same, man. It's not like being in a real class with real people holding up their hands and exchanging ideas. I get that. Um, as a person who's made my living, and Kathy, you know, you and Ken have come out to see me live so many times. You know, we've been friends for so many years. And you, you, you all know there's nothing like a live audience and, and performing live. There's just nothing comes close to it. So all that's been taken away. All the speaking events that I did, and I did a whole bunch of them. All of them got canceled. All travel got canceled. So I've done my best now to be able to do this the way we're doing it today, uh, in the, in the, using a conference technology, Zoom and webcast and, and WebEx, things like that. And fortunately, through the, through the power of technology, and I, I have a wonderful team of people that I work with, we figured out a way to get the piano to 
to come on live so that I could speak to you and play the piano at the same time. And in other cases, we actually can add a whole orchestra uh, to what I'm playing live. And you could actually see the orchestra on screen next to me in a Zoom call. So we're able to deliver what I call a keynote concert experience while people are sitting in the comfort of their own homes wearing headphones like we're, like we're working right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that we might be here for a bit. Um, I'm optimistic. I, I, I'm, I'm confident we'll, we'll, get, we'll get on the other side of this. And I'm confident that life will come back and we'll be able to go out again and, inter and, and be, be more normal again. But I think we're not really clear at the moment of how long this will be. So I think the best we have to be able to adapt now. And I think we're in a mode of survival of not the smartest or survival of the fittest. It's survival of the most adaptable. That's good. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you literally are talking about that pandemic pivot that you opened with. Yeah. Right? Literally. Well, it's a big pivot. It's a big pivot. And I, I, think, uh, I think the hardest thing, especially for, I think, our audience, you know, is that, oh, my God, I can't see my kids or my grandkids or um, I, don't, I don't have that freedom to just hug my babies the way I love to hug them, right? I mean, that's a hard one. Um, yeah. My parents are under 80, and it, it was five, six months before we had the courage to go up and see them. And then when I went up to see my folks, we had the thermometers, and we took each other's temperature, we wore masks. <laughs> yeah. We went through all that stuff. And uh, now I think what's good, I do feel optimistic. I think we're going to get to a point where we're going to be able to pivot quicker because when, when we can do a COVID test in 15 minutes rather than 72 hours or whatever it is, that's going to be a game changer. And I, I don't think we're far away from that. I really don't. What I, what I do feel is the lesson that we can learn is that humanity hit a giant pause button. What mm -hmm. happened in the pandemic is we were forced. Mother Nature said, hey, y'all ain't listening. You know, I try to warn you that these uh, that uh, the way you're using up the planet and the way you're putting carbon in the air and stuff is going to have an effect and you're not listening you keep throwing plastic in the ocean you keep burning fossil fuels you keep doing all these things and the earth is not happy and if you're not going to listen to us we're going to give you something that's going to force you to listen mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like mother nature took us out in the back and gave us a little spanking Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true, Freddie, so true. Wow. Tell us more about your speaking career and how you've incorporated music into your successful corporate gigs. Thank you, Mary. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, the best way that it happened was certainly driven by a lot of passion and, and working with a lot of wonderful people. And in those years that I was working with those names we've been talking about with Carlos Santana and Madonna and Prince and Earth, Wind and & Fire, Sergio Mendez and Al Jarreau, all those people that I kind of had, had a ringside seat. I was in a very lucky position and I took a lot of notes mm -hmm. <laughs> and I made a lot of observations and I noticed that there were certain rhythms and tempos that are universal throughout the world. 
For example, the cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two. This tempo, boom, two, three, four, one. It's about 100 to 110 beats per minute. It's a tempo that most human beings can comfortably walk at. You know, when you walk down the street, one, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One. This is a rhythm that most people can move to and feel on a day-to-day -day level. You can go through the supermarket feeling the cha-cha-cha, and I'll bet you have a better time shopping, you know? <laughs> Ideal. Say, <laughs> Carlos Santana, every song. Now, this guy's had a career. He sold over 100 million albums. He started his career in, out of Woodstock in 1969. He's still going strong. He's one of the biggest brands in music. Every single hit is a cha cha cha. <laughs> Oye, como va? Mi ritmo bueno para You've got to change your evil ways. Baby. <laughs> and, and we could we could be here. Got a black magic woman. Mm -mm, mm -mm. All the songs are one, two, cha cha cha. One, two, cha cha cha. I mean, there's about 20 examples of that. And so when you start observing that there are certain tempos that people connect to that are more common than others, and you start noticing the pattern of harmony and rhythms that work all across the world. And, and I've had the, the privilege to speak and play in 82 countries so far. And when you see that, you start coming up, I started developing a system. And I uh, developed a system that I call Life in Tune that's based on three premises. And Mary, to answer your question very specifically, there are three elements of music. There's melody, harmony, and rhythm. And if you think about any song you love, and for all you listeners out there, all my, all my late boomers out there, just think about it. Every song you can imagine, I don't care if you're into Mozart or you're into Willie Nelson or Adele or John Legend or the Beatles or Frank Sinatra, it doesn't matter. The melody is always being sung by the lead. Melody is always a leadership position in music. We even call them the band leader or the lead singer. All right? So melody is the lead. Harmony is two or more notes. You got to have at least two. Usually you have three or four, but it's like background singers or people playing the chords. That's harmony. So harmony is the function of a team in collaboration. Melody is singular, like the leader, lead singer. Harmony is the background, okay? So that's the, the village, that's the people, that's the community, right? And then rhythm, as I was snapping my fingers earlier, is always a function of timing. So every, every aspect of life has to have someone who's leading, you know? If, whether you're going to the supermarket or taking your kid to school or any function you do in life, right? There is a lead. The melody comes out the gate leading. Harmony is a group of people that support you. So harmony is supportive. And rhythm is always about how much time it takes to get from point A to point B. Um, armed with that, you can connect music to everyday life. Because when you get to the end of it, you get to a place called the score. The score is that part of music 
where the melody, harmony, rhythm all come together. It's like a blueprint that tells you the roadmap to get from point A to point B. Um, so that's a very simplistic concept, but those are the building blocks that have allowed me to take the philosophy of music to Ernst & Young, to IBM, to Disney, to Microsoft, uh, to NASA. <laughs> and, we, and, and it's been amazing. And they have lit up because we're basically taking the oldest language on the planet, music, and connecting it to day-to-day -day life and helping people connect better. It totally resonates. <laughs> Gracias. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. You know, and I, it must be so tough not to get to give those speeches and the live performances. I really miss the performances at the Vibrato J Grill Jazz Club in Los Angeles. That is a sensational club. If people don't know it, aren't from Los Angeles, Herb Albert owns that club and it's a very special place. And I've seen Freddie there so many times and it's like your stomping grounds. You know, you always bring new people in, new fun stuff. It's wonderful. Kathy, you know, thank you for saying, uh, mentioning Herb and the great legacy that Herb Albert has brought to, the, to America. I mean, he's one of our national treasures, right? And his daughter, Eden, uh, keeps the club pumping away. And I'm concerned. I hope they can keep it alive. It hasn't, there is a real problem now with not only by uh, the, the vibratos of the world, but all the venues in throughout the world, jazz clubs or music clubs or venues that are tiny, even the big venues. I mean, don't forget, you know, uh, even the stadiums are closed down right now. But venues that seat two, 300 people, by the way, this also uh, speaks to actors too, Broadway theater, right? Mm -hmm. The shutting down of these places, these venues, is like telling a scientist who needs a laboratory to conduct their experiments, that they don't have a lab to conduct their experiments. Because like you said, Kathy, um, you know, I'd go out and do all these corporate engagements, which is really what I'm doing as my primary business. But having my band was really my lab. It was where we, we, we went to experiment, to try, you know, the one of the one of the gigs I did recently, I had a beautiful singer from Mexico, who who hardly spoke English, but I, I her spirit was amazing, and I I brought her into the band to do some engagements. I sometimes I would try horns, sometimes I would do it without horns, sometimes I'd try a percussionist or a, a different guitar player. But I was always, to me, the 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 not, the, the club is a place to experiment, and I think one of the things we as human beings need, all of us. We need a way to, to test things, try things out. And um, I do miss that. But at the same time, uh, being able to do these kinds of things with you, Kathy and Mary, uh, and to jump on a podcast like this and be with you, I didn't get to do as many of these as I do now. So I'm very grateful for the format, the platform. And uh, I'm really grateful for, for both of you for inviting me. Thank you. We're, we're very grateful for the platform, too, because we didn't launch this till the pandemic was underway. So we had to figure out how we were going to do this because we, we built a little booth in my outside my closet and we were going to hang out here with our Yeti mic and everything. And uh, people at eWomen said, go ahead and shoot it on Zoom and use the audio. And it's been a saving thing. We wouldn't have been able to do it. 
Yeah. yeah, and also, actually, I love the fact that we can see the people we're talking to. And you can't do that if you're just in an audio booth. But um, you were talking earlier about meditation, and it made me think of Deepak Chopra. So regarding your work with him, tell us about working with him and the power of listening and how we can get back in rhythm and get back our lives rhythm. Wow. Well, there's, there's, thank you for that, Mary. There's really two questions for me there. The first one is meditation. And with that, uh, and, and meditation is really about kind of stopping the chatter in your brain, you know, in, in the, the Chinese refer to a thing called the monkey mind, <laughs> you know, think of a monkey, right? You know, you know, kind of laughing and, and beating on the cage and everything. We got one of those in, the, in our heads all the time. I, I, at least I do. I got this crazy monkey that's, you know, shaking around, throwing ideas at me left and right. I, you know, um, that, that guy is always in there. Uh, so for me to tame that monkey mind is a big one because if you can get that, that mind of yours to quiet down, you can start to hear the value of silence. And when you start to hear silence, you start to realize that there's a space between your thoughts. And if you think about the space between your thoughts, in music we call it the space between the notes, right? Mm -hmm. So like, um, you know, the song Slip in the Gap, which is a song that I wrote with Verdine White and Anjani and Deepak Chopra. It's on my album, Soul to Soul. Uh, it's, people can find this record, it's out there on Amazon, but the song is called Slip in the Gap. And it's built on two chords. And, you know, it has a driving rhythm, like, driving rhythm and the melody is one. that's it slipping the gap slipping away it's designed to have a ton of space in it and when you hear the singer singing it, it, it's got so much space in it that it puts you in a meditative place. So the power of meditation is to slow down the cycle of life. In a way, the pandemic has really slowed us down. Not in a bad way. In some ways, in some ways a bad way. In some ways, it has hurt us a lot if you want to talk about the economy and all that, one could view it that way. On another level, you could say, um, hey, we were like a speeding car. You know, humanity was like a giant train heading towards a cliff. And the pandemic stopped the train from going over the cliff. And we're sitting there, maybe half the train is teetering, about to fall into a giant abyss, but it's still not, hasn't fallen, and we have a chance to pull it away from the abyss, right? Maybe. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think that if you can meditate, and, and by the way, everybody, I think I don't meditate much more. I can do it in about a couple minutes in the morning 
I'm not talking about, some people block out an hour, two hours, some people do that, and that's great. But for me, getting my mind quiet for about one or two minutes every morning is, is mana, energy. Mary and I are both meditators, so. You I actually meditate to Deepak Chopra's 21 Days of Abundance, so. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Well, you ladies have way, way, uh, way more mojo on meditation than I do. My meditation, though, is serves enough for me. I feel very content. I, I, I actually do. I don't know if you want to go into this real quick, but I'll tell you something. I learned this from Deepak. Scrape the tongue, salute the sun, breathe, and meditate. Four things. I'm going to say it again. Number one, scrape the tongue, salute the sun, breathe, meditate. Now, when I say scrape the tongue, I'm talking about those tongue scrapers that you can buy at a health food store. And you, mm. you get up in the morning, and, you know, I mean, right out of bed, after you go to the bathroom, right? Look in the mirror and put one of these tongue scrapers on your tongue and get all the gunk out of your system. You will be shocked at how much, I'm always shocked at how much gunk is there in the morning on your tongue. That's a great tip. You get know, that, my meditation tongue. teacher tells everybody to, before you meditate, gargle with coconut oil, like, mm -hmm. but like slosh it in your, not gargle slosh it in your whole mouth for several minutes mm. and so that's a cleanser too to cleanse everything before you meditate yeah that's beautiful but what if you don't have coconut oil? I, yeah Why? well you know but a tongue scraper is about the size of a tablespoon you know mm -hmm. bring one of those babies with you get up in the morning and just scrape the tongue you know and get, wash all the gunk out uh the second one is uh salute that's yoga that's the, the sun salutation, you know, where you pray to the sun and then you get into downward dog and you do cobra and you come back up and you end up, it's the 12, it's called a sun salutation. Salute the sun, right? <laughs> That's my second one. My third one is breathe. And that is reverse nostril breathing. And I know, I know people are listening to this, but I'll try to describe it because if you can't see it, you take your, in my case, I take my left hand and I take my left thumb and I cover my left nostril and I breathe in only through, not through my mouth, but through my right nostril. So I go. Then with my index finger, my left index finger, I cover my right nostril and breathe out my left nostril. So in, out, in, out. You do that about 10 times and you're, you will feel a level of oxygen that hits your brain that is fresh and new and vibrant. And, I'm, and my, for me, my thoughts get sharper and I feel more alert. And, it, and, the, and the effect is immediate for me. And that's how you would advise people to get back in rhythm. Yeah. You, well, you can't get in rhythm. It's sort of like, you know, it's like if your nose is clogged and you don't grab some Kleenex and blow your nose, it's, you don't feel good, right? Your, your, your balance is off, you're, you're stuffy, you're clogged, you're irritable, you don't feel like you're 100%. So the goal is to be in tune, right? Part of being in tune is not just music, but physically being in tune. So like I said, I, 
scrape the tongue, salute the sun, breathe, which we just went over, and then finally meditate. And then meditate is the, the act of getting calm, slowing down the breath, and finding the space between your thoughts and letting them come. And Freddie, you were telling me one day that you had a, uh, a message now about the power of women in the community. Well, yes. Um, first of all, I mean, I have, a, I, have an 18, I have a glorious 18-year-old daughter who reminds me of that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And I, and I have a beautiful lady in my life, Simone, um, uh, who is, is just a, a treasure. And she's a great leader. Um, and what I, I think we're at a time now where we're seeing, I think there's a reason why we're seeing more women in leadership roles in our world than ever, ever, ever in the history of the human race. And I, I personally feel that it has something to do with Gaia energy. You know, we don't call it Father Earth, we call it Mother Earth. And I feel that we, the female energy must rise right now because we need the nurturing, we need the level of mindfulness, we need the level of holding together the community. Not that men don't do that. Um, men certainly do all those things. And there are many great men that are up to that. But I do believe that uh, having women step forward at, at, this, at this time in history is, is, is kind of a life or death issue right now. I think we need women, and there are great women. We see them everywhere. In many aspects of, of public life, we see women stepping out. Um, and I feel we need that. Um, I also think that music... Uh, music takes on a very uh, beautiful role when it expresses its feminine side, which has to do with beautiful melodies and beautiful harmonies. And uh, they have to do with the nurturing side. And, and also the power. We don't want to make, we don't want to just speak about female energy in the context of, of, of just uh, uh, purely about love and harmony and community. There is also a great warrior spirit that goes on too, where the, 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 the power of the feminine voice can move mountains. And so I think we need both of those sides of female energy right now. And men, all you men out there, I'm not saying this uh, to overshadow the power of the male energy because the male energy working in tandem is really the way we're gonna get through, I think, of this pandemic and, and what's beyond. Wow, is there anything maybe we haven't touched on that you would like to say to our listeners before we close out? Uh, I got a little saying maybe we can share, right? Okay. Uh, and it, and it, of course it's in rhythm. Melody and harmony is what you sing. Rhythm and timing is everything. One more time. Can you say Melody it without the clicking? Okay, without clicking. Yes, yeah, I couldn't get it. Sorry, I'm very used to clapping my hands. I know. So I clap my hands, and I'm just going to tap my toes so I don't interfere. Here it comes. Melody and harmony is what you sing. Rhythm and timing is everything. Oh, love it. That's great. Love <laughs> it. I love it with the snapping, but it was interfering with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about that, melody and harmony, melody's the lead, harmony's collaboration, rhythm is action. And timing is everything. So there you go. For sure. Thank you, Freddie. Um, our special guest today has been the uber-talented Freddie Rebell. You can find him on his website, lifeintune.com, and on Instagram at Freddie Rebell, Life in Tune.
Thank you so much, Freddie. This has been just great. My pleasure, Mary. My pleasure, Kathy. It's just a joy to be with both of you. And a big shout out to all the late boomers. Big hugs. And can you send us out with a little pandemic pivot or something? I'll give you some. Keyboard? You know what? I'm, I think I'm going to do a little bit of Mozart, but we're going to serve. Oh, him. yeah. We're going to serve him a mojito. Okay. Okay. Freddie. My pleasure, Kathy. All right, Mary, thank you again. Thank it's you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.